0: Welcome to the Metal Hammer Podcast episode 43, I'm pretty sure it is, Luke's not here so I just kind of yeah, what well, I'm pretty sure it is, so we're going with 43, it's fine. Uh, I'm Mel, I'm here with Al and joining us this week is the Metal Hammer Classic Rock and Prog Editor-in-Chief, Mr Scott Riley, how are you oh, doing? Oh good, thank you. Um, we're going to reel through a ton of stuff, it's been a great week for Metal, loads of stuff going on. Don't forget that the latest issue of Metal Hammer is out now. It is our redesigned issue. We spent ages on it. We're very pleased with it. Uh, thank you so much for all the support on it so far, the feedback on it so far. It's been great talking to everybody about uh, how you think, how you feel about the issue, the new features and everything else. We're always listening. So don't forget to pop over to facebook.com forward slash Metal Hammer readers. I got it right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To, uh, to continue chatting to us about uh, all things of Metal Hammer. Uh, I know you are still waiting for the, the second pilot for the Metal Hammer TV show that is imminent I promise you we've been tweaking it and tweaking it and tweaking it because we want it to be absolutely badass but it is really good there's loads of great stuff in it that will be out imminently um, you can go see the first Metal Hammer TV pilot that's out right now on the Metal Hammer website it's great
1: <laughs> <laughs> you say that with more feeling. yeah I didn't, I didn't sorry,
0: sorry. Scott's, Scott's my boss, so I, I need to go on harder on the sell here Oh, um, you've just been to Nepal yeah what and why? What's, what happened? How was it? Tell us everything. It
2: was amazing. I don't even know where to start. To be honest. <laughs> uh, so the background is that we, I guess, a couple of years back in 2015, a guy called Flower got in touch with us. He manages a Nepalese metal band called Underside, and we covered them a bit online. They played um, Bloodstock this year. They played Bloodstock this year. Very good. Uh, at the time in 2015, the reason they were getting in touch was because Kathmandu had had a really powerful earthquake and a lot of people lost their homes. So the band did a fundraising drive to raise money to rebuild some of their homes. But they also put on a festival called Silence. And last year Silence Festival came back with Twelve Foot Ninja Headlining and we sent one of our writers to cover that. Um, I couldn't go sadly, so this year they asked me to come to the festival, which I was very excited Guest of honour. No <laughs> good <news. laughs> So I wasn't sure what to expect. Even though we did cover the feature last year and our writer Dave had a fantastic time, I still didn't really know what it would be like going to see a metal festival in Nepal. I've never been to Kathmandu before and I didn't know what the bands would be like. So it's a little bit weird thinking about going. Mm -hmm. Um, got a visa. That was very easy.
0: Um, Useful information. <laughs> Useful information. <laughs> so I'm to be get, very relieved to go <laughs> so
2: um, But yeah, I didn't even know like traveling, you know, what it'd be like and that kind of thing. But it was um, the festival was great. It takes place in a complex owned by the guitarist Bitcrant. And uh, they have two stages. They have the main Tuborg stage and a stage next to it called uh, the Bruslan stage, which is a vodka company in Nepal. And most of the acts are Nepalese bands. So they're getting sponsors and stuff for it. Which they're is getting like... sponsors, but they have problems every year with funding and logistics. So mm-hmm. I guess more of the background is uh, it's been shut down by authorities in recent years. Headliners have their set list cut short. They've struggled with funding. Wow. Um do is obviously, um, you know, people don't earn a great deal of money there. So the ticket prices have to be kept affordable. And residents don't understand Yeah, that's an
0: interesting thing, isn't it? Because the logistics must be a nightmare to put on a festival somewhere like that, but they have to keep the tickets low to get people in.
2: Exactly, so there are a lot of challenges. Don't even think about things like that, do you, when you Um, think about those festivals? And even just talking to the residents, so they held, as I said, they held the festival at a complex this year owned by one of the band members, but they still had to go around and speak to all the residents about the fact the festival was happening, because people don't really understand what metal is and obviously it can sound very loud. I wonder do you know like what you <laughs> yeah. how it's describe it. Yeah. How do
0: you do the hard sell over there?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know, actually. I think they just kind of went door to door and talked to people old school way. Um, the great thing was... <laughs> everyone don't think we wanted
0: to talk to you about our Lord and Saviour, but Ozzy was even supposed Yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what happened.
2: Um, but yeah, so kind of turned up and um, looked really professional, but again, didn't really know how it would go down. Um, the first ones on were amazing.
0: I, so, <laughs> I really didn't know you were going to go with that. <laughs> I was
2: so impressed. You know when you what start... Chaka <laughs> Oh, yes, <funny>. got <laughs> it. Still a bit jet-lagged, so yeah, no, it's forgive fine. me. I feel a bit like a zombie. I, yeah, El gu- Kathmandu time. Yeah, um, but they, I didn't, again, I didn't know what to expect. It's the start of a festival. People had started to trickle in um, there was a decent crowd for the first act, but it, you know, it wasn't like packed out. And just kind of went, and I hadn't done, I hadn't listened to them before, so I was coming to it completely fresh. And they were fantastic—a group of really young guys, only been together for eight months—and they're basically like the Katmandu version of Rage Against the Machine. Wow. Yeah, honestly, like they just came in. Oh, hold on! With I think so I saw you—you you posted energy. a video of them dit, on Instagram. I saw dit, these yeah. guys. Yeah, they do yeah. really sound like Rage Against the Machine. But they absolutely nailed it. This guy—we um, met him before the singer um, Avishek, who's the singer of Underside. He's nicknamed... Chaka Chak singer Multi, because it says he's really multi-talented. So if you if you go on their Facebook page, his name is Multi, which is quite sweet. And we met him before, and he's very quiet and unassuming. And I think he was a little bit nervous about opening the festival. And he absolutely smashed it. He was encouraging people. He was down in the pit he was um, talking about a lot of, you know, the songs of political, like Rage Against the Machine, and I couldn't understand all the onstage banter because I can't speak Nepalese, but it was all very kind of like incendiary political stuff and people were just going mad for it. Because
0: if Rage Against the Machine come over to England or play in America or something, you kind of, even in the times we're in now, you kind of take a lot of it for granted. So someone gets up on stage and has a bit of a rant and whatever, but, you know, there are parts of the world where you need those kind of bands and they really strike a chord in the way that we're probably... Yeah, like I said, we probably take for granted a little bit. Yeah,
2: and it's also, like, a little bit um, difficult to do that because the guys I was talking to the next day, um, and they were like, oh, we were a little bit worried because um, Chak Chak and the following band, who I'm just going to check now because I don't want to get it wrong because I'm tired, um, the next band, Screaming Marionette, they came on and they were also... Sorry, this is brilliant.
0: Just to briefly pause, Els I, has I, I I got up the, the bill on... Uh that the, 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 played the festival and I just out of the corner of my eye I saw it said Neck Deep and I was like oh my god Neck Deep are playing and I scrolled along and they're actually called Neck Deep in Filth <laughs> <laughs> that's so good I know I felt that as well
2: <laughs> uh, Neck Deep in Filth were very good I'll get to that so Screaming Marionette also political um, and again I couldn't understand it all but was getting a lot of reaction um, and Abhishek and Flower were saying to me the next day actually it's quite um a, a big deal to do that and they had um, an official son at the festival and they also had an official what? an official son so like one of the like government officials sons was there oh an the officials to keep an, an official
1: to keep an eye on them or as well a guest I think or? just
2: yeah I think he just kind of lives in the area and he supports the festival so he was just there anyway do you know what I mean but they were a bit worried about how that might go down because they've had wow. problems before and also which was pretty crazy there was the ex-crown prince of Nepal who was watching from a top room. And I won't go into all the history, but you can look it up online. But um, they don't have a monarchy anymore because it was overthrown.
0: So he's recently, uh, le- like you said, overthrown. Well, it was overthrown oh, is...
2: sort of about 10 years ago, I think. I can't remember the exact dates, but to story a long story, story, long story short. Um, there was a massacre in 2001 at the Royal Palace. Um, the, the, the then crown prince killed his parents and some members of the royal family. And the king's brother had to step in as king. Um, and the guy who was there was the son of that new king. And they were overthrown by... <laughs> they were overthrown by communist rebels in the government. Um, and he kind of was deposed. So now the crown prince sort of... Um, he isn't the crown prince anymore, but everyone knows he was the crown prince. And he kind of lives... Um, you know his own life, and he's got some wealth and that kind of thing. But he's a he's a very controversial figure. They're not going to be short
0: of material to write about the Police <laughs> Metal Band. Jesus Christ! Uh, he's, is a, he's a controversial
2: figure, which again I won't get into, but you can look it up online. He's done a few things that people don't agree with. But basically, there are a few people in the crowd that you know they were a bit a little bit worried about the band's getting so political because um, you know it, it could be taken the wrong way or whatever.
1: So, what kind of regime is it? Is it a communist?
2: It's a country? Yeah, it's a republic, it's a democracy, and the current party contains people who used to fight in Maoist rebel forces right, and other are yeah. com- wow. communists. This is as far so as I can understand. Speech, I've been reading a lot about, about it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's very politically nuanced um, and quite recent history, really, if you think about it, the Royal Massacre being in 2001. So...
1: I thought um, it was like Kung Fu Panda
0: or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, what, how I imagined the first. Thing. Yeah, no, I, I was thinking that. I was like, I've got uh, no idea about this. I am very I mean, there was, uh, a, there, was a,
2: there was a civil war because of the Maoist rebels um, and a lot of people died, like sort of 10,000 people or, or more over time. It's very bloody. But yeah, go read more about that online. Do it. Um, and then so, related to Chaka Chak. Yeah, Chaka Chak, Screaming Marionette. Neck Deep in Filth, not like Neck Deep. <laughs> they were <laughs> a hardcore bands, and the singer of that band was just, again, going insane. Oh, like, I wonder how they decided
0: what to be Neck Deep in <laughs> when they were going through the band names. <laughs> I mean,
2: I haven't, again, like, it's probably showing some ignorance here. I haven't looked up all the lyrics of these bands, and they're not all singing in English, so I need to do a bit more digging to find out what they were talking about. But the singer was um, a guy who looks very unassuming in real life. And gets on the stage.
0: I'll just see quotation marks with the fingers there. Just, just <laughs> the saying, real no, no one saw that. <laughs> um, he
2: got on the stage and he was just. There's this hunger in these bands, you know, when you go to remote locations, you don't usually get, um, you know, big metal bands or are still fostering a scene. This absolute hunger where they just get on stage and that is their shot to play to people and they, you know, they were just going for it. Bit of a break after that, there's a man called Camaro and they're sort of like a, quite. Um, Toolie we mentioned them in a feature about Silence Festival a couple of years back and they kind of had psychedelic backdrop and um, a bit more kind of slowed down there was a lot of you know like um, very considered kind of head bobbing rather than Mm -hmm. like actual pit slamming Um, and then Disorder came in and they were brilliant they're like a total like thrash band Um, Mm -hmm. quite slayery like even the delivery of the vocals is quite slayery and just kind of um, you know people were throwing down and a few people had to sort of step out of mm-hmm. the pit and sit on the floor because <laughs> they got a I'm bit tired, you know, like having a bit of sit down. Uh, there was a <coughs> old Chronic. They were Excuse on the main me. stage and um, they were um, they're good, they're pretty they're pretty brutal. And um, they had a song called Ace, and they were saying to the crowd, "You are all Ace." Like basically relieving yourself. <laughs> again, I haven't looked at the lyrics for this That's song, amazing. but it was really sweet. It was like, "Oh, they're like, saying they're like, ace. Has, like
0: Spiked up metalheads going, "We are Ace."
2: I mean, I don't know, maybe Ace stands for something I've completely got the wrong end of the stick but I met him afterwards and I was like I love the way he said everyone was Ace, it was great and he seemed to, he seemed to be pleased with that so. <laughs> uh, There's a band called um, Symbol of Orion who, uh, based in London actually but they're a Nepalese band, they're a bit more progressive a bit kajiri a band called Spill Your Guts, I'm almost there guys don't worry, Brilliant. A band called Spill Your Guts who are based in Shanghai Spill Your Guts, guts. <laughs> I, I can't do that metal voice, I'm too tired um, but then from Shanghai, they had members from Moscow, um, Montreal, Scotland, and Kuala Lumpur. What?
1: Scotland? And, and Kuala-, Kuala, Kuala Lumpur. Lumpur. <laughs> yes. I'm not one these i <laughs> like the other things. Well,
2: they're, they're based in Shanghai, which is obviously like a very multicultural city, and they all went there for business and then formed this band. So, right. it's, it's, okay. I mean, That's a That's defin- a biotic way to happen. That's a definition <laughs> of global metal. And actually, that band, I told them to keep in touch with me because... One of the shows that they've done was in Siberia. And I'm just like, wow. that's insane. Like, Jesus. And they're like, yeah, like, there's nothing in Siberia. It's, it's a big world, easy, isn't it? I feel really,
0: really like, like London bubbly at the moment. I
2: know. So I really would love to go and see them in Siberia. I was like, please keep in touch because that would just be... I, I don't even know. Um, and then it was time for Underside. Yes. And genuinely, genuinely, they, you know, they could headline this festival because they're local celebrities and they've got a lot of traction, and they're playing download next year, and they even got on the news um, for that. Yeah, people know them, people stop them, and they take selfies with them. They got on the news? Well, like, like, newspaper, local news. Like, like newspapers and things. No, I think like national newspapers. It seemed to be like a big deal. I couldn't quite, like, I haven't managed to find Nepal. any, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. So, I mean, I sat next to a guy on the plane on the way home who um, has lived in Kathmandu uh, before, but now lives in London. Um, he sort of was brought up in China and moved to, Kathmandu, now lives in London, and we had a big old chat. He's been here for, like, 20 years or something, and he knew they were. Really? So, you know, people know. And there was there was this kind of almost, like, a danger feeling of, like, anticipation where everyone was kind of tightly wound, and you just knew it was going to go off. And they came on stage, and they had two dancers dressed in these kind of outfits where they'd got these big, like, masks on, like they were Hindu deities. They did tell me the name of deity, and they've kind of... Um, m- like, made the costumes a bit more crazy. It's not like what it's sort of one single deity that so they've slightly adapted. Can't remember the name, sorry guys. But they were kind of dancing around and then they play like metalcore. Um, and it's pretty like, again, it was pretty like, whoa, holy shit, sort of thing. And they've got some new material they were doing, which is more influenced by kind of Nepalese instrumentation. And there were walls of death, there were pits.
1: It was genuinely like, you know... There was a death? Uh, walls of death. Oh, walls of death? <laughs> <laughs> you skipped over that. it was a death. Come on, no, No, there wasn't walls of death. Walls of just just your know,
2: classic wall of death. Um, but it was, it genuinely felt electrifying. It felt really exciting. And, you know, that's testament to the following they've got there and the fact that people had gone to see them specifically. So poor old Cancer Bats had to follow that. And poor, uh, give
0: it a poor old cancer bats, come on.
2: Well, they came from. the on, best live bands going. I know, they are, but I mean, again, like, they're not particularly well known in Kathmandu, um, in Nepal in general. People, the festival organisers were saying they weren't sure how they were going to go down because they're a, bit, okay, more, that's hard, a, nice a bit more hardcore punk, whereas actually the scene there is like a bit more metal, metal. Yeah. But like I said, the bill is very diverse, you know, hardcore, thrash, death metal, um, you know, Rage Gets Machine type stuff, all different things. So, it was obviously like a very diverse scene, um, but in terms of hardcore punk, they were kind of like, yeah, so, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. And Liam came on stage and basically kind of went, "I know you're all here to see Underside, and you might be wondering why we're not Underside, and if you are, then sorry, you've missed them." <laughs> and basically, wow. basically, like, just said, thanks for coming out. We're really happy to like be here today. Um, and they had to try quite hard with the crowd in a sense, but people were, you know, people did get into it. And some people didn't know the words.
0: Wow, Um,
1: sounds like a hell of a day. (laughs) I mean, it it was. Yeah, this wasn't one day. Jeeves. And the other thing was the other
2: thing was because they um, because the authorities have shut them down for. I will stop talking about it soon. Sorry, the authorities have shut the (laughs) festival down for. Cancer Bats didn't know if they were going to get to play the whole set, so they front loaded it with all the hits and then just went hell for leather. And they were saying that they were playing like you know with everything they'd got because they didn't know whether. Each song will be the last song they get to play. Wow. And Jay the bassist by the end that. was like, oh, I'm like, I can't play anymore, I'm really tired. <laughs> but yeah. It was a lovely time. Goodness
0: me. It sounds like <laughs> an ace day. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you are ace.
0: That was that is mad. Yeah, ramble um, through that
2: a bit, but hopefully go and check out some of those. Yeah, bands. loads of great bands, definitely go check them um, out. And
0: and especially on the site, as Elle said, they are coming to download and they are a sight to behold live. Yeah. Absolutely freaking uh, can we quickly talk about this r- witch rot? Thing that's gone viral I don't understand it have you seen this? yeah I have um I so I, <laughs> are they a real band? I don't I'm know sorry. we don't know the bands on Facebook um their breakup message that presumably was written by one very disgruntled member has gone viral um I mean, I don't know. I'm just going to read it. I'm it's going to too talk to good.
1: It. I think it's personally. I think it's too good. It's a bit. You're not sure it's about it. it a good, good setup for a joke.
0: Yeah, maybe. Anyway, it, this is what it said. This is from Rich Witchrot. They, they posted it on Sunday, actually. So it looks like it took a little while to get traction on the on the internet. Um, so the statement from this band says, "Due to the unfortunate reality of our guitarist fucking my girlfriend of almost seven years." Which rot will be taking an extended hiatus? I will, however, continue the band in another space and time. Being ripe with hate, the music is slowly flowing and without a doubt will become the most devastating, torturous music I have ever created. Thanks for the support. Stay heavy, Peter. Also, our drummer died. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there you go. You see, go. the to the drum,
0: Let's <laughs> see... Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah you probably, I think it is probably a joke. But it's
2: just like Threatened Part 2.
0: It's just amazing. Um, there's been lots going on. Hellfest have announced their lineup. Always an amazing lineup, and this year is no exception. France's biggest metal festival. I'm just going to reel through this list of bands Kiss, Tool, Def Leppard, Slayer, Slash, ZZ Top, Man War, <sighs> Lamb of Gods, White Snake, Cradle of Filth. Um, Tom G Warrior is going to be playing a special Hellhammer set that would be ridiculous Dream Theater Linard Skinner like Skinner playing on the same bill as Hellhammer oh, it's nice. just mental Stone Temple Pilots who's fronting them now? Mm-hmm. they just got like mm-hmm. I, I, I generally don't mean this disrespectfully but they've just got like a guy right I'm not the, sure
2: I can't remember
0: uh, Clutch Gejira Architects Anthrax, Testament Trivium, King Diamonds, just buried away in there Mercury the Sisters of Mercy Emperor Cannibal Corpse some forty one, Enter Sicari, <laughs> Phil Anselmo, along with this, these notes say dozens more. Do you know what, though? what?
2: What I thought when I looked at it is just how well created created. Sorry, guys, how well curated it is because that's obviously a long, old list of band names. But if you look at the actual poster, they've done every single stage, you know, per genre.
0: You're headlining a stage, I think it might be the second stage actually, so it's a big one. Um, that's just French bands on one day, yeah. Cool, and there's
2: it? like Free Man 2 on like a stonery stage,
0: yeah. It's really, really it's genre so
2: applied. well done. Like, you would just go to one of those stages and want to watch every single band if it's your favorite genre. It's just absolute precision creation.
0: Might maybe make it try and make it out to Hellfest for the first time this year. Um, June's always knackering, so by the time Hellfest rolls around, we're normally a bit like, ugh. But, Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. Um, rock stars are banging on about Brexit. I think you know that a, a, a kind of news item or cultural event has jumped the shark when rock stars are all weighing in on it. That's kind of at the point where I think everyone's sick about hearing about it. Um, Bruce Dickinson uh, said to French magazine Lobs, um, he's quite relaxed about it. He's Bruce's chill on Brexit. Apparently, he says. <laughs> I'm quite relaxed about the idea. There's a lot of nonsense and scare stories being made up by both sides, which I think is pretty immature. Brexit will enable us to be more flexible, and I think that people in Europe will get an advantage from that. I mean... (laughs) Without going into where we stand on it and and going down that route and all the rest of it, I think it's probably safe to say that if you're in Iron Maiden, you're probably not that worried about Brexit.
1: You could just get in I his plane. A Swiss bank account, you'd be alright. <laughs> you could
2: just get in his plane and fight whatever country he wants to. So yeah. be alright Yeah, you be?
0: literally, there's no. I mean, nothing's going to stop Bruce Dickinson from flying somewhere if he feels like it. Is there? It's just, it's just how it is. Um, Aussies, on the other hand, I think echoed what I reckon if you get beyond the actual politics of, or what most people probably think which is uh, this is what Ozzy said to The Independent or Independent.ie Aussie um, said people keep on going on about me about that is it a big deal over there? <laughs> what will happen with it? are people voting in or out? what's going on? I don't read the newspapers and I don't really talk politics because I don't really know. I don't understand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can say that on every subject. Yes. Yeah, you yeah.
0: control, I don't really understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that, really, is that um, a thing? I, I think that kind of sums it up. Bless him. I don't think anyone really knows what the fuck's going on in the grand scheme of things. Bruce you
1: just... he said, if musicians ran Europe, it'd run a lot better. Well, yeah. I can't see Aussie, you know, as the <laughs> yeah. stuff. <Most>, uh, Aussie's <laughs> just instantly
0: undermined that argument, <laughs> hasn't he? Oh, God, imagine. Uh, Current, I, Current I, Affairs, Ivan Moody from Fighting at Define.
2: I mean, I know I've just talked about Nepal for about half an hour, but I just want to say as well there was a set from Cancer Bats doing Bat Sabbath, and everyone knew all the words to all the Black Sabbath songs, and it was fucking brilliant.
0: That's cool. Yeah. That is cool. So
2: let's just all forget everything and just listen to Sabbath.
0: Just listen to music um, and it will be fine in the end. Oh God. <laughs> um, cassettes are back. Why? Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? It is weird. A report on loudle.com, our host website, you can go check it out now, says uh, Amazon is now selling new cassettes and they're not cheap. They are, uh, they are one of the things that um, were not in Cyber Monday sales across the board, uh, eBay is also full of them. Cassette sales more than doubled in the UK last year. Uh, and money. although their share of the music market is still tiny, there were still 22,000 new cassettes sold in 2017. Yeah.
1: That's a lot and of Sounds sort of, like It went up 90% this year or something in the first half of this year. That's correct, yes.
0: Uh, that's what it's written right in. Yeah. <laughs> that's because I wrote it on the website. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't even know. <laughs> oh, God. It's like we plan these things. Um, why cassettes back?
2: I think they're stupid, so I don't know. <laughs> like, you put them in a stereo, they get chewed up, you have to fast forward and rewind, you can't just listen to the start of the song. I don't have the patience
0: for it. Also, does anyone still have a cassette player? I don't think I have one. I have got one? I've yeah. got one. I've got one. In, like, in what format? Like, just a little boombox thing?
2: No, I think I've got one of those really old. Do you remember those, like, old, sort of handheld. Type ones like
1: you've got at school to Awkward, like, really?
2: no, like, like one of those flat ones, yeah,
1: my oh, god yeah, like
2: a flat one that you put a Where tape in years and years ago. I think, as you know, the 90s, as a child, <laughs> I used to like tape stuff off the radio, or like, of make, course, make up my own radio shows, yeah, or, like, whatever, trying to
0: get in before the DJ cuts at the end, and going, and that was, and you're like, oh, fucked it, yeah, wait till yeah. next time, somewhere,
2: <laughs> somewhere, I've got one of those, but who wants to return to that taping off the radio? The,
0: the funny thing is, is that I think that. I don't quite get why someone would want to bring tapes back because mm. they're inconvenient. Like you say, they break. They don't sound great. And it's just <laughs> really weird. I don't see the, the obvious thing of them. It but literally
2: must just be retrofretches. I did actually
0: get a Prodigy tape. when they, uh, For Nodderley, they just released the last one. in Bader's Must Die. They did a special cassette tape. And I yeah. got it. And now it just sits on your own money. money. Uh, did I buy it or did someone send it to
1: me uh, <laughs> that doesn't count does it but I
0: do have one yeah maybe, maybe oh, well, someone sent it, like it to it me actually. do you it cherish
1: it, Is it it's somewhere?
0: got pride of place just up in front of my vinyl and not doing anything and I think that's part of the <laughs> do with, like, some of them
1: just look cool don't they so it's just like there's an Iron Maiden one on that article it's the Killers album it just looks the, kind of cool
0: because that's the kind of thing I would quite like actually
1: <laughs> that, I mean some of them really dog shit they're, you know they're just the album sleeve on a tiny little square in the middle of the cassette yeah but that one's quite nice and you can it's collectible and I think we're in an age where people are real completists about stuff they want to have everything by Iron Maiden. let's say yeah um, I feel that yeah <laughs> and if they look cool you just add it to your shelf next to all your other stuff
0: that's what it is it's you like a little ornament like I've got it with the uh, and yeah, it's in front of my my one's just in front of my records, but like I've got like an I made a lunch box and if I had a little power slate. Oh <laughs> no. A lunch it's palace. good, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Just a it's a proper little little tin one. Did it come it's with a, tin a flask? tin number of the
2: beast one. Did it come with a flask? Uh,
0: it's still wrapped, I haven't opened it. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that to go for the lunchbox? Yes, I did, <laughs> actually. Um, and it's...
2: Why do you bring your sandwiches in a small plastic bag? Don't use it, it, that's what
0: I mean, because it's got to use, but I don't want to use it. It's, to, it's, a, it's a little thing, and that if i got an Iron Maiden tape, that's where it would go. It would go in front of my Iron Maiden lunchbox. I've socks. seen you bring your
2: sandwiches in and make a sad face because you've squashed them in your bag. So yes, that is true. Just,
0: just use it. <laughs> yeah. And you could protect them. That would be pretty cool. I don't know. It's fine where it is. Why are you trying a to, to open my stuff? It's pristine and wrapped, and it'll be worth money, and I'll never sell it. So, uh, um, so yeah, I guess that, I guess that explains exactly. it. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: does. I think people have, you know, someone said to me, "This is the age of the completest and I think that's that's really true. That people can buy everything by a band now. It used to be, you know, you went to your local record shop and you bought what was in there, but now the internet means you can buy everything. And yeah. also,
0: if people, are, you know. I, kind of, I think the, the this classic stereotype is like, it's a certain age person who could either afford to or wants to be a completist. But okay. actually, if you're not paying for your core music and you're streaming everything, you do have more money to go and put into yeah. physical, like lovely rap stuff. And I think that's why bands are making more of an effort now because they're not making shit out of albums now. So they go and...
1: It makes yeah, sense, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Apparently electronic music, I mean, I've never... It's not something I know too much about, but I read and a thing on DJ Magazine... And they talked about how it's an affordable way for uh, DJs and home producers, I guess, to release a physical product and sell it. Mm-hmm. And I suppose once you do that, and then it's on cassette, and only a few hundred people have got it, then it becomes something that pe- more people want as well. Yeah. So it's kind of a bit of like reverse psychology. When you can have everything, everything's a little bit kind of cheap and yeah. so freely available. But yeah, it's, it's special and only a few people have got it, then it's, you can build a cult around that. And if Definitely. it is
2: something like that looks fucking cool then maybe i could relent a little bit who knows
0: what for, are you talking about a tape specifically yeah <laughs> what if uh nine inch nails released the tape you'd be all over that wouldn't you
2: i don't know because they do a lot of like box sets and stuff and they are really really nice and it's nice to have them but then you just kind of end up with like half your house in box sets that you don't really get out so you're I don't funny because you
0: kind of you're not like as geeky about collectible stuff I've so got a ton of Nails so stuff hoard which is stuff. Great. yeah you just kind of keep stuff and then you just have it
2: yeah I try not to,
0: you like, need to start not keeping all the promo CDs we get sent out that's what you <laughs> need to do I try not to be a hoarder <laughs> and just keep the good
2: things but then you kind of go and you're like oh I've got like you know a massive Night's Nails box set that looks really good and it's just like on a shelf you know maybe one day if I have a bigger place I can display things more and love them a bit more but I just feel I feel like I don't give my you know things enough love really well, just kind of on a shelf and if you do ever
0: get some display room I know a great guy who does a great line of lunchboxes <laughs> <Sporting laughs> something good um, on last uh, well this is going up Thursday so yeah just just within the last week last Friday Chinese democracy turned 10 which is just an excuse for me to sit here and talk about how fucking great Chinese democracy is to be honest see, I've never heard about it before yeah well deal with it it's I think it's one of um, the most uh, it's underrated fair yeah because everyone slags it off it? I think Chinese democracy is excellent I think it's really really <laughs> good I don't slag it off I like Chinese democracy I was to
1: say I love it I don't love it Mm. it's hard to love I remember loving the um, obviously before it came out there was nine songs that were leaked everywhere and so <clears throat> you kind of had I had, remember having those nine songs and thinking like, this is going to be amazing he's going to absolutely surprise everyone with this because um, like Madagascar Better There Was A Time all absolute yeah I love it. there was a time, time isn't it unbelievable yeah. and then but then it came out and it was like ugh those were the best songs <laughs> <laughs> and there were six other songs on there that were kind of instantly kind of forgettable IRS yeah. is quite good from what I remember yeah, I, uh,
0: yeah I've got so I'm going to run through the track list here Chinese Democracy banger yes. Shackler's Revenge banger Better w- one of my favourite I think i said this before one of my favourite moments of um, them coming back last year and being really good live was Slash siloing all over Better it was something really cool yeah and the songs on Better are, are amazing
1: anyway yeah they're great I think like,
0: uh, yeah here's what i think um, Street of Dreams is good If the World is really good There Was a Time is a classic Catcher in the Rye is good Scraped is a bit scatty I think maybe that's not one of the better ones uh, Read not as good um, Sorry is a great song that's that like I'm sorry for you yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's sort of, of like laid back a bit like music. western yeah. yeah it's awesome <laughs> IRS is good Madagascar is good and yeah This I Love and Prostitute not so great i will probably concede but That's a
1: good album, yeah. So it's, you know, it should be. <laughs> it's so, not just about bankrupting the record, just, yeah,
0: yeah. I think people just
2: w- wanted to dislike it, some people did, and I think so. Well, people... It's 14
0: years to come out in the end, I think, wasn't yeah. it? which is a long, you know. You, I mean, what
1: could he have done that would have yeah. satisfied so people? I don't
2: know, something
1: faster, more albums, yeah, many more albums. <laughs> I don't know, I think it does sound. It doesn't sound obviously raw and organic in the same way that Appetite does. It sounds like there's a thousand people playing on it and it's just yeah. to fuck. But. I think as well
0: you can hear stuff like, um, you can see where his head was at at the time he started writing these songs because there's, like, there's bits in there that sound like Nine Inch Nails and stuff like that. And yeah, you, just totally. think, you clearly started thinking about this in like 1996. Because that's your reference point for it, and if it had come out there and everyone would be like, "Wow, he's doing like industrial stuff. That's crazy," but in two thousand and eight, that wasn't as much of a yeah. Uh, you know, well I love about it,
1: I wrote a story about it before it came out actually, where we interviewed Tom Zutot, who was an N.R. guy, who was the guy who said got um, guns signed in the first place, and they brought him back in for Chinese democracy to see if he could get it completed. I think in two thousand and one, and what Tom the, the situ- I mean the, the article's massive it's online if you want to read it but he talks about how um, to get the best out of Buckethead Buckethead you know on one hand he's this guy Brian on the other hand he's Buckethead I mean, he <laughs> just goes in and out of character I think and while he was in Buckethead character he was talking about how his mum was a chicken and all that sort of stuff oh yeah <laughs> <And the> chicken's <laughs> so, man what and so Tom said to him well why don't we uh, what if we built you a chicken coop in the studio would that help you play yeah, yeah, yeah. So every that I listen, I think bullshit with that. You know, it's just the idea of a guy in the studio with a KFC bucket on his head, <laughs> and a <check-in laughs> cup it's guitar solos.
0: It's, uh, it's just, it's just, crazy. It's just crazy. And that's what stuff like that, even though it's not part of the grand, it's not part of the Guns N' Roses story we want, is still part of what makes them such a kind of mythical band. Yeah. Because what other rock band has that kind of absolute madness going on in there?
1: I think Axel's come a long way in the last few years. He seems almost yeah. like nice and approachable now, but and I still look at him on stage. And, and punctual. Like, you let him have a chicken coop. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: you wouldn't have done that for Izzy. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, I think the album's really, really good. And I, and I genuinely believe there are two alternate universes out there. One of them is where a, a universe where Guns N' Roses took an extended hiatus in the 90s, and Axel Rose released this as a solo album and everyone really digs it. And the other uh, alternate Universe Guns N' Roses, just broke up and that was it and there was nothing from them. And then they came back off the back of these reunion shows and they put this album out and everyone bummed it because I think that's what would happen if, 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 if Slash and Duff contributed to an album like this and this album came out next year, I think yep. everyone would be all over it. I they would, it. and it
1: still could happen. Slash said to me, when I interviewed him for Classic Rock in the summer, he said that, "You know that he's writing riffs for the new Guns N' Roses album but that actual has got tons of stuff left over or half made or whatever. So mm. there's a chance that I guess some Chinese Democracy offcuts or half-written songs might... I'd be love to thing. hear it.
0: I really would. They were so good last year and they, were, they weren't quite as good, but they were good fun at
1: download this year. And um, I just
0: think, you know, why not? I, I like Chinese yeah. Democracy, but I don't really want that to necessarily be the last you know, stand of their legacy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Let's take some readers' questions, shall we? Uh, sure. Facebook.com forward slash Metal Readers if you want to come and, and chat to us lovely people. Um, do you want to take the first one now? Because I just banged on about Chinese democracy for 10 years. Classic, <laughs> classic Merle.
2: Are there any albums you think are overrated by bands that you love? For example, I'm a huge Deftones fan, and whilst I really like Around the Fur, I think every album they've made since is better. But I know it's oh. a lot of people's favourites of theirs. That's from Matthew Bell.
0: Controversial, maybe?
2: So he's basically saying... He loves tones, but he doesn't think Around the Fur is all that.
0: So he's saying Saturday Night Wrist and the self-title are better than Around the Fur.
2: I don't know if he's definitely saying that. Yeah, he said definitely every album oh, yeah, makes yeah, but sense it's it's better. better. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. yeah. Saturday Night Wrist.
0: That is... It's a controversial a, opinion, that, isn't it?
2: I mean, that had, like, two good songs on it. Um,
0: I, yeah, I really struggled with this because I went through Uh, because I'm a nerd, I keep a lot of lists of my favourite stuff. And I went through all my favourite bands and all that kind of stuff, and I couldn't think of a lot of examples of... I think, generally speaking, classic albums are pretty... They're put as such for a reason. Um, We talked about Power Slave by Maiden a few weeks ago on the podcast, and, you know, again, I think it's a classic album. It's not got many steps wrong on it. But, compared to most Maiden fans, especially ones that grew up with Power Slave... It takes a bit of a backseat to a few of the albums they released around that time. I'd, probably, I'd definitely put Number of the Beast ahead of it. Um, I would put, definitely, definitely put um, Seven Sun ahead of it. I'd probably put Somewhere in Time on parallel with it. And Peace of Mind I'd probably put on parallel with it as well. That's not that controversial, but for, my, for a lot of people, Power Slave is like the definitive Maiden album. And yeah, that's the only thing that came to mind really. Mm. I
1: think sometimes you know the big album, the one that everyone loves, is the one you bore, you get bored with really quickly. Sure. Especially yeah. if you're if you're a super fan. So, mm. and you don't want to be like everyone else. You don't want it. Just say number of the beast is that you know if that's the biggest album. Mm. You don't want to be just the Johnny lately who, who knows the greatest hits. Yeah, it's almost like there's
0: an aversion. Like I, I find this with them, um, Paranoid by Black Sabbath. Like people it's almost this like allergic reaction to say it's your favourite if someone says Paranoid's F.O. like backside, it's like oh, oh no, really? Uh, it's like well actually if you take that track by track really? it's pretty withable.
1: yeah Led Z4 is the same thing you know, yeah. for years it's been it's the one with Stay Away Heaven on it so uh, the fans can't admit that's the best one but it's the best one yeah yeah yeah, know, yeah it's yeah. between that and two probably but uh, you know it's just pound for pound that's the best
0: don't we just talk about like, Guns N' Roses people that come in and go uh, you know, I usually you, illusion is better than like one or two are better than laptop instruction really. It's like, well, it's not that we no, it's just not.
2: I thought of little Luke who's not here with us today.
0: <laughs> little Luke.
1: what would you say.
2: Well, I know that he is really into suicide season by with the Horizon, but I think it's shit. Oh, that's <laughs> that's
0: quite <laughs> firstly you just put words in his mouth words I'm not convinced I've heard him say he, said he really secondly secondly <laughs> you just throw him under the bus Such a shit tasting you know you
1: brought it up oh, I thought they were rubbish
2: um, until after that basically so.
0: that didn't answer the guy's question did it? yeah you just you just you just, just, have your own you own just said you didn't say what albums <laughs> <laughs> is this like that you hate I know that's
1: gay yeah but he
2: said albums you didn't get overrated by bands you love and like I do love them now. Like, I love 100%. Yeah, I okay. love, like, you know, There Is A Hell or whatever, and I love those records, but, yeah, Suicide Season, don't care. You still don't like? I just don't care about it. I just think yeah. they sound really scrappy and a bit of shit. I was probably still put off by some of the controversy around them at the time as well.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, it's nowhere it's no near my face. I definitely like the two albums that came after it a lot more, but... It, is, it does hold a special place in people's hearts, although apparently they've been playing uh, a kind of um, medley of their really heavy material on the current tour, and it's just confused the shit out of the crowd, because most of them are there for the new stuff. And they suddenly go into Death Court, and everyone's just like, what's going on? <laughs> which I would love to see. Um, what group have you tried this year that you've never listened to before? That's from Simon Briggs. So it could be new bands. I think you might be getting a, if you Got into any bands that you hadn't really given a chance to do before? Elle, anything?
2: Uh, Svalbard. I oh, anything? Oh, Oh yeah. Great we streamed band. their debut album in 2015 on the website one day, all this will end, and I'm ashamed to say I didn't listen to it. So this year they released "It's Hard to Have Hope" and uh, listened to that. I think they've got a lot of really cool stuff to say.
0: Yeah, uh, same so um, as Rivers of. Is it, I don't know if it's Nile or Ni- Nile Neil.
2: I feel like Niall. Like, me me like, too, but you know how, that's like how Papa Neil's
0: spelled, isn't it? Oh. From Ghost.
2: Oh, I thought he was Papa Nile.
0: No, he's Papa Neil. Oh, I'm so glad. You confused. didn't read my feature, Al. <laughs> it was, I was, a,
2: it was a long it. time ago, and for a long time we thought it was called Papa Zero. Yeah, that's So true. it's been a confusing year. Well, let's
0: just say Rivers of Nile. then. Um, they've actually been around for the better part of five, six years, but this, the album that came out this year I think has blown a lot of people's minds, so I got into them. Uh, I put a perfect circle down as well because I'm not a big Tool fan. Well, yeah, no, I'm not a big Tool fan. I like Tool, don't like them nearly as much as most people around my age seem to. Don't care about Priscifer, and because of that, I never cared about A Perfect Circle. But this is the first album that I really delved into, and I think it's absolutely incredible. And I did go back and check out their other stuff, and I still don't like A Perfect Circle's earlier stuff. I feel like what you meant to say
2: was, I went back to check out their earlier stuff and it was tons better. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Um no I think I, I think the new albums uh, Eat the Elephants absolutely amazing. But it didn't change my opinion on the band as a whole, but it's the fact it's the first time i have given them a go. and I also wrote down Little Mix because I thought their new album was quite good. <laughs> 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 I don't like that old stuff. So there I'm not, I'm, I'm not a little mixed purist <laughs> I'm just going to disagree
2: with everything you've said in the last five minutes so. oh fine Scott a little what's little a
0: stuff
1: is much better <laughs> <laughs> um, I've listened to everything man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know I thought <laughs> you might have one because you do really good if you follow <laughs> Scott on Instagram he does
0: really interesting uh, in-depth takes
1: on a lot of stuff oh, old than you him. Yeah, I don't know, I, don't know, I just listened. Uh, I, I couldn't answer that question. Fine. That's fine. Well, you, you can t- you <laughs> that's can, why I was waving your ears in. Don't <laughs> you can share the next question then. Okay. Which band would you most like to see release an advent calendar? Asks Matt Grimster. I really hope that's his real name. Yeah. I didn't
2: see this question. I'm very excited. I love an advent calendar.
1: I'll put down Abba. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just open up and you get a little chocolate. How I go, I thought you were going to
2: say that behind each door is a chocolate, but you don't know if it's a dark chocolate or a white chocolate.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, that's good as well. Yeah, with your quartz paint thing. Um, yeah, I'm like that. Just his little face peeking out. Oh, I've had
2: no time to think. This is totally I specifically
0: told you to look at the questions in advance this weekend. I didn't
2: notice that question. And I love Advent calendars so much, I don't want to make the wrong decision. Okay,
0: so you're popping through an Advent calendar. It gets to the big two five. You're opening up the double door barn thing and instead of little baby Jesus in chocolate <laughs> whose little face do you want to see clearing out <laughs>
2: I don't know it's a bit creepy <laughs> like Jonathan Davis's face or something Jonathan oh. Davis that's what I'm saying it's a bit weird isn't it like, well if you're going to go with like the manger scene what the most obvious thing for me Is baby metal because in the manger you've got the fox god, and then around the manger you've got the three wise men, which is the girls. Obviously, there's two now, but
0: yeah, doesn't work. (laughs) Next, but you could
2: have—I don't know. I told you, I can't think of anything. Baby metal would be good.
0: That would sell if they haven't thought of that. Baby metal—you've got about three days to get your Advent calendar out to the masses.
2: It would sell so much. You. Yeah, he couldn't have you in there, so it does ruin the three wise men thing. But ruins
0: <laughs> it. <Brilliant set. laughs> unless
2: one of the, the fox god was one of the three wise men, and then Jesus the
1: the was. very that Christian. That's event that calendar of yours. Yeah.
0: So, yeah appropriate for Christian of uh, Sorry thought, it's Christmas. What's I want to <laughs> <laughs> take what... this Christ out of Christmas Scott? What's your Wintervale winter veil Advent calendar? Then? <laughs> right, so our pagan first advent calendar.
2: If it's pagans, it's gotta be like f or folk metal or something, I don't Yeah, don't know. High long. Yeah. Well, would jo- what would Jonathan though? say if he was
1: here? Oh. he'd have a brilliant something nebulous <laughs> I know what he'd have I've got the
2: perfect one for Jonathan when you open the door of the advent calendar instead of getting a chocolate there's just a void <laughs>
0: <laughs> a swirling vortex to <laughs> another plane
2: yeah exactly
0: that <laughs> and each day
2: you get transported to a different plane
0: <laughs> god um, Oliver Wilson asks uh, how much is too much to pay for gig tickets this is a good question very um, of the moment with a lot of people are unhappy about how much stadium gigs are costing now and arena gigs
2: depends on the band depends on the venue
0: speaking as three journalists that go to gigs for free
2: um, <laughs> we're not always like you know sometimes when it's in another country or it's our favourite bands like we do still buy no tickets. yeah I bought my Metallica ticket I bought my exactly. Ransom ticket as well for Milton Keynes I've got a tour ticket for going to see them in Berlin I think it is next year
0: well, bought, um, Rammstein, the Ramstein ticket cost me about £75 and again, I'm lucky enough to go to a lot of gigs to review and to work out and whatever else um, so it's kind of different my gig budget is, is a bit different but if I like, you know, to me with the way the current uh, gig economy is, I think 70 quid or thereabouts for a Ramstein outdoor show, which you know, is, it's not like you're going to watch Ed Sheeran just play a guitar, like you're going to get a show I kind of think that's fair enough for like a few hours of your time I don't know yeah if, if it's what like UK? if
2: you've got like six months or something to kind of before it happens and you can pay for it and you're sort of excited and you're waiting for it and it's a big event mm. yeah I think like you know 70 or whatever is kind of okay um, if you it, do, it, it depends how much they come around as well because yeah, there are exactly. some bands where you're like I've never seen them I need to see it or they only come like once every five years and you're just like take my money I'll just have bread and water. I need to see this band. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let them eat bread and water. I mean, for
2: me, it's potatoes and cheese, but you know, we all have our own food. That
0: so, we like, um, how much would you pay for a gig, Scott?
1: Um, I think you're right. I think about seventy quid is about the max. I put anything over fifties too much because I'm a tiny Scottish bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I took my my other uh, half had never been to the O2, so I went and bought tickets to go and see not very heavy metal Soft Cell cool. cool. oh, they're, they're even older than I am I, I remember I was they played the two, two actually played the two final gig wow um, and I, in my head it was, like, it was like 80 quid or something a ticket and I was thinking well they've got all the hits you know like um, Tainted Love and Say Hello Wave Goodbye and yeah yeah it turns out they've only got Tainted Love and Say Hello Wave Goodbye <laughs> so for 80 quid you're just gonna sit there going what you know, you know like pounds you know money per song yeah, not good value. That's not great value. No, I
0: mean if I if if I didn't within reason, obviously, but if money wasn't a, as big a worry, and say so like, so for, for the for the setlist Maiden played this year, that's the best setlist one of my favorite bands has ever played. Like I've never seen anything that's like made me so happy in terms of setlist and all that. And I'm probably for that. I think I would just I know, I'd pay I'd pay quite a lot to see that. Yeah. Because it's I just think, for me personally that is just ridiculous. But then if you can't if you don't have the money to pay you don't have the money to pay it. So.
2: Yeah, I am going to see Hamilton because one of my friends is obsessed with it and has seen it like five times and he's like you have to come and see it. You this, have is to really see it. So this is a really good comparison actually. So I bought a ticket for it way. and I it made me feel a bit sick because it was a hundred pounds and I was like fucking hell I don't even know if I'm going to like it that like, is so much money and then I went through my whole bank statement and like paranoidly added up like all the things I'd spent that month and kind of went well you know it's next year I'll look forward to it I'm sure it'll be good but it, rather than spending money on a gig where I know I love that band it did feel a bit like this is a lot of money but that's what, like the
0: West End and, and or Broadway or whatever your equivalent is it's so expensive it cost yeah. me uh, like to see um, Book A Moment on Broadway was something like $150 a ticket or something. And yeah, then you get there and around the drinks for two people is like literally like 30 quid. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so for that, 70 quid for Ramstein, bargain. How much did <laughs> we pay for the Muppets? That wasn't too bad. I feel
2: like that was like 50 quid. It was in the 50s, wasn't yeah. it? But
0: they were really, they were like nosebleed seats, but they moved us forward in the end. Yeah. They, yeah, did the top I think,
2: Would pay that again. That was amazing. Yeah, that
1: was amazing.
0: Gig of the year.
1: The <laughs> <on> Muppets. a the thing. There's a serious thing, too, which is, you know, a lot of the bands when they come up, you know, they play every single uh, part of the UK and, or, or whatever. And they build up these, this loyal following that follows them for life and they feel cheated when suddenly they're only playing a stadium and it's 80, 90, quid a ticket. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's, it's like football or something like that. You know, they've got all these working class, passionate fans and then they feel like they're just getting the piss taken out of them. Mm. And, I, th- and I, th- I think on top of that, me personally, I think a kick in a stadium is never as good, anyway. Yeah, really, really right. Really. So you know you're paying extra money for something that's not going to have the same atmosphere. So you know I understand the frustration over it. You know, and my mind, but I would say don't go. You know that's the thing. I, you know you're going to be heartbroken. Find a new band and, and start supporting them again from the from the grassroots. Very, stuff. very good point. Yeah,
0: there's plenty. I mean. In anything, I mean, it tends to be classic rock bands that are all, like old school rock bands that get to play stadiums in our world. And there's a lot of classic rock people are excited about right now. It's not, it's not, uh, it's actually quite thought.
2: nice when people do that thing where they do like two Brixton dates or something like that. So that's obviously, if you're not in London, a 5,000 questy venue. And sometimes it's because they've sold out a date. So they add an extra one, but sometimes people do purposefully do like two dates there. Mm. And then you actually get to see them in a smaller place and, does feel a bit more special
0: one band that has done that I've seen him do that a couple of times over the years is the uh, the subject of this next question Al if you'd like to oh really (laughs) oh i see what you mean
2: Tim Thunderbolt Martyr no way that's his real name that's his real name Debbie Rude (laughs) no way
0: Grimster (laughs) and Thunderbolt are these Transformers that we're getting on our Facebook page Tim
2: Thunderbolt Martyr asks are you all surprised that the prodigy haven't been mentioned for another download headliner slot in recent years
0: so th- this question was quite long that's a big extended bit on the bottom of it, but I didn't put in there but he basically says that um, they got a massive crowd um, everyone seemed to think it was a big success and it was in a year where I think Sabbath played and maybe Metallica as well it was, or maybe Slipknot it was two big big metal bands that played and, and Prodigy went down a treat um, why haven't they been back it's probably a fair question. I <laughs> know, oh, I'm only really
2: laughing because you said a treat. So it just, I don't know. It oh, sorry, like, I should have said they were ace. <laughs> it sounded like you are talking about an apple pie or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they'd be really cool to play again. Oh, I'd love them to play again, I loved it. I, loved I remember it really. seeing them at like my first Leeds Festival as well. I think it was them and Guns N' Roses, in fact, in the same day. At yeah, the same time. it was yeah because uh, guns
0: didn't play running because it didn't have an airport or something.
2: I don't remember, but yeah, I was I'm an a like so that. I was only going to go to Leeds anyway, and it was so brilliant. Like everybody was dancing and they fit him. At the time, they fit in really well with that rock and metal crowd because you'd go to a metal club and they'd always play the Prodigy. I don't know how it stands now, whether there's like a generation gap and there's like younger people that aren't into them or whether it's still good. Like, well, I think, I
0: um, again, this is 10 years ago, well, nearly 10 years ago now, but I actually think when they put out Invaders must die in I think it was 2009. Um, I think that actually revitalised their fan base and it kind of took it away from that 90s crowd. That it's were. pretty modern, wasn't it? But the new yeah. record
2: has like a lot of nods to the 90s and yeah, like it's quite retro. I mean, I
0: saw them at Ali Pali the other week and it was one of the most mixed crowds I've ever seen. There was literally everyone from older classic yeah. rock fans to little Raven kids to metalheads to everything. I, I would love to see Prodigy Download again. I think any anyone that's cynical about them belonging at a festival like that just hasn't seen them
1: there because it's just bedlam. What do you think, Scott? Enjoy yeah, no, evening. I agree. I think I thought they were amazing last time they played. Um, you know, and I'm old enough I, I can remember the prodigy coming out. You know, you know, they're, they're ancient, aren't they? Yeah, it's crazy. You know, people talk about them some revolutionary, revolutionary electronic band or something uh, that don't belong at a metal festival. But it's you know, metal has been changing so much over the last 20 years that it's you know they fit right. in I think I would,
0: we back it. It's approved. Um, Someone want to take this last question, and
1: then we'll take this thing home. Andrew Goodhue asks the most. Oh, oh, he wants to know what your most, what the most hyped up album of this year that turned out to be a disappointment was. Scott, I I've, I've noticed your notes on this,
0: and I'm really unhappy. <laughs> Go on then.
1: Well, it's Ghost, isn't it? Oh, what? Come on. come what? on. <laughs> Well, it's like the bloody what? it's like a soundtrack to some Western musical some yeah, really shit Western musical no, oh, really, what really do you mean, what's with wrong with that really this is what we fought music. against oh. it's bloody rubbish um, oh come on I can't say I haven't listened because you guys played it fucking week in week out day in day out <laughs>
2: yeah. why? Why, why do you not think it's good
1: because it's a lot of old tripe just oh. overcooked pseudo uh, dramatic yeah but it's like pseudo-dramatic just I'm so unhappy about this like my mum and dad would probably like it uh, it just reminds me of it's just formulaic (gasps) have you ever been to
2: a fancy dress party or a theatre show
1: I wouldn't go to the theatre the theatre's like from the olden days we have TV and film now (laughs) (laughs) what's the point of going to the theatre
0: oh man I I I love it come on do you not even
2: think it's really like... With that saxophone solo.
0: <laughs> there's nothing amateur <laughs> about that. There's a isn't There's nothing amateur the about that. Just a nigger and what? No, oh, I don't believe it. Oh, dear. Um, But yeah, you can't really argue that that was a very hyped album. We probably did about 90% of the hyping on it (laughs) because it's a classic record.
2: Because they're going to make a musical out of it, I hope. I hope so too. I think
0: it is... They uh, they will as well. I've uh, I've really stayed away from making this comparison with any bands over the years because it's such an obvious... Cornerstone and touchpoint for people but I think this is the closest thing this generation is going to have to a black album in that
1: the ghost album
0: in that (laughs) hear me out not in terms of it's going to put them in stadiums and break the mainstream and all that but in terms of a band that were a few albums in had a shtick uh, had evolved a little bit and then put out something so uh, divisive but that did take them to the next level and was more commercial and all the rest of it I genuinely think it's the closest thing we've had because you know what Scott just said about that album is probably what people would have said about the Black Album when it came out. It's commercial and it's stadium rock and all the rest of it. I think, not saying it's wrong, but I think I think it I think it, it moves people in the same way and it sparks opinion. It's one of those albums that everyone feels like they have to have an opinion on.
1: Yeah, totally. You know, and uh, the Greater Van Fleet album is, is a very sad yeah thing. exactly it's like it's bloody awful, but uh, you know it's, really it's one ridiculous. of those. When you when you compare to bands in a similar vein like Rival Sons and so on, no one really sat around talking about Rival Sons in pubs saying what do you think. And got passionate about it, whereas Brave and Fleet, everyone's got an opinion. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you know that's a good thing, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, it's a, bit, it's a yeah, it's a really good point. Brave and Fleet, everyone. Uh, that was kind of the uh, the talking album of the year in the rock wasn't it? I think it's all right. <laughs> I think it's all no, right. I don't care. It's okay. I'm not, you know, needing to go there. And um, I wrote down Machine Head but I kind of feel like it wasn't super hyped, so I don't know if that's fair, but I think Off the Back of Bloodstone and Diamonds, which is an absolute crusher of an album, I kind of feel bad for Machine because eh? I feel like every time they try and experiment and go outside the barriers a little bit, whether it's going new metal or introducing acoustic-y stuff or <sighs> children's choirs, I feel like they just don't quite nail it and then they go back and just put out a brilliant full-thought metal album.
2: Well... I I think we can all agree that album was too long. Yes. And there were some dodgy moments on it, like <coughs> bastards. But I really like the rest That's of that. That's the track, record. by the way. <laughs> I really like the rest of that record. Like, uh, Triple Beam, love, Catharsis, the title track I love. And I felt like, why not? You know, they obviously wanted to just go and make a fun album and just do something. And, you know, maybe no one sat down and edited it very well, but... They, they had a good time and so it's got some good songs in it. I think it's That's been a bit unfairly <laughs> treated, as as the personally. So, yeah.
0: Oh, you've written something that I disagree with as well. I'm getting murdered here.
2: Well, you mentioned A Perfect Circle, Eat the Elephant.
0: Yeah.
2: And I put that in my top 20 because I think it's a good record. But to me, it's a record by a different band than A Perfect Circle. You know, they, they hadn't released a record, I think it was like 14 years. And I love those old records, Thirteenth uh, Step and Murder Really, really, really love them. Like, so much so that when I saw them at Brixton, I involuntarily cried, which very rarely happens because I'm very hard-hearted.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fair <laughs> enough. So, you know, I... uh <laughs> <laughs> I anyone, cried. No, anyone that's crying is hard-hearted. Crying at those. So, um, when they came out with Eat the Elephant, I was obviously super, super, super excited about it. And I felt disappointed. And it's kind of probably why I accuse other people of, you know, sort of living in the past to a certain extent. But it felt to me like... A perfect circle in 2018 is a different band to a perfect circle in the early 2000s. And if I can kind of... They would be them, get yeah. my, Well, I know, you know, experience, time, all that kind of thing. But if I can get my head around the facts and just kind of accept that it's a different band, I think, yeah, it's, you know, it's a decent album. But there's just part of me that is going, just going back to that old sound. Play the just old love it, stuff. Just love it Boo. so, so much. So I get where they're coming from. It's objectively good, but I felt a bit emotionally disappointed. So...
1: Fair That's that. Enough. And then the
2: other one was Of Mice and Men. I think with Austin leaving, everyone was wondering how they were going to follow it up. I actually saw them play download, and I think they performed pretty well, and Aaron was pretty that good. That was last year, though. Was that last year? Yeah,
0: that was, that was on the day profit of Rage playing.
2: Okay, well, you've got a better memory than me. I actually thought that was pretty good, so when the record came out, I was a bit disappointed with that. I just thought it was very throwaway. There's no songs that really stand out. It didn't really feel like there was much heart in it or much enthusiasm in it. It felt a bit like, you know... Churned out, and I don't know, just wasn't into it. And well, they're already back I in the studio, aren't they? So yeah. I think they might
0: have known that. Yeah, personally. I mean,
2: they, they obviously felt like they just had to come out with something as soon as they could because they wanted to keep the momentum going, prove that they could do it without Austin. And I think live, you could kind of go, it, you know, they're still pretty good. But just that record, I was like, I'm just uh, Defy, I think it was. I just didn't get anything from it at all. And, and I'm somebody who is quite like, what's the word? not tolerant Cold-hearted. cold hearted <laughs> I'm someone who is hard hearted but yeah did not, did not melt my icy heart
0: well there you go then uh, that is it for this week thank you for listening don't forget to go and get the Slipknot issue it's bloody brilliant uh, how was that oh, that was good deal, all right yeah. good <laughs> <laughs> now TV Pilot 2 imminent we will be back next week be, you no gigs coming up is it this week there
2: are. yeah there are
0: Gordon Tesseract oh cool you're going to go to that yeah Sweet, you can review it next week by coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to rate us on all the channels because it does make a difference. We appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Thanks for joining us, Scott. See you. Nice see you, Thank you. Bye, everybody.